Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Almost certainly they'll, they'll make mistakes. And I'll ask the, the other players, what do you think the ball carrier would be able to do to make space for the next player to be able to penetrate or have an overlap? Rugby Coach Weekly presents The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root, cut out the fluff, and challenge the masters of their domain to cut to the chase. Welcome to the Coach and I, where we cut to the root of the matter. In this episode, we speak to Lynn Evans, coach, author, and keen advocate of the pleasure of movement. He's going to say that in French for us a little bit later on. Focusing on coaching rugby through gameplay and player-centered methods, we're going to cut to the root on how that looks in a session. So, Lynn, are you ready for the knife? Yes, I'm ready. So... Do players know what they need to practice? In which type of uh, practice? I would say, I don't think unless they understand what movement game is, I would have to show them. And uh, it's so open- how, how would you how would you show them? I just have two teams together and say, right, I will give you the ball. Simple rules: go forward and support the ball. And if it gets stuck, I will introduce a second ball. Right, so so when you say the simple rules are go forward, so what yeah. happens if they don't go forward? Uh, it doesn't matter. I'll go forward with the ball, mm. and they have to come with me. Right, so okay. Come, and then I give them the ball. So, 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 so explain that then. So let's say we've got 20 players at the session. You split them into two teams equally. So yeah. what happens next? Well, I explain briefly the rules of the game. Maybe normally blocking to hold. Because when I've done it with high-level players, they play exactly as they are trained, you know, and it's all contact. Put on the floor, that's out, on the ground. And you really need to start with somebody who had no idea about the game. That's where you see the real principles. I'll explain if you want to. But uh, so, uh, but let's say um, a young a young youngster, say a nine or ten year old, has not played much rugby before, has the ball and he sees a line of ten defenders in front of him. Yes. Yeah. There, I there's would, no incentive for him to run forward, is there? No, I would make it easier by either having them placed in a, a group that are deeper and a group that are closer, so they're playing against fewer defenders. Right. So it gives them a numerical advantage. Right. And often as a second coach with me, like Tom, who would be ahead or near the play. And if there's a mistake, he immediately introduces the second ball to the same side. So they keep playing until they score. Right. So, we... so what you're doing, what you're doing is that uh, so team A has a ball to start with. They Correct. play until something uh, doesn't quite work out and then they get a second yeah. ball. Yeah, they get the second ball in an advantageous position so that they see. I don't give it them where they're deep and they have to run forward against a strong defence. We give it to where they probably could go through. So Tom would look and pass to one of the new attackers where they'd get a better chance of penetration 
and go forward. So with the with the introduction of the second ball in a in a game of rugby, obviously there's only one ball. Yeah. So how does the second ball help them understand the game? What what is that? Uh, why is that changing how they're thinking? By I would ask a question at the end. Where was the second ball introduced? Right. And hopefully some of them would say, well, in a place where they were able to go forward easily. And it's this conversation we must have as well with the players. The idea is that you make it easier for the attack. I give some restrictions on the defence. Don't take the ball. If you block them, that's fine. But then we would introduce the second ball. So we need continuity. So there's no breaks in play. Right. So uh, let's say we've got uh, let's say we've got maybe 10, uh, 10 or thirteen year olds playing. First of all, they 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 run with the ball. That's that's fine. I think uh, generally we would expect youngsters to be able to run with the ball. Yes. But then they have the problem of trying to move the ball before contact, so passing. So how are we going to uh, encourage them to pass and to pass effectively? Uh, well, I would explain that if you get stopped physically, we cannot go forward. So you need to have some support and you have to make the decisions, not me and the other coach. If you make stoppage, we, we will introduce the second ball so we can continue to give you chances to see what's in front of you and whether you have to run or to pass. Right. So, okay. So I'm just going to go back to the passing piece. And so um, a 13 year old runs, but they, they can run, but they can't pass. So how do we help them understand uh, the skill of passing? It's, it's not so much we worried about the skill of passing. It's them recognizing where the defense is weakest. Mm -hmm. And is it opportune to pass the ball rather than try and run through? Then, you see, it doesn't just happen straight away. They need to keep playing all the time. And so through play, they begin to find solutions. And as we find a good solution, maybe a player draws a player, puts the other player in the space, I say, that's that's good. You've gone forward. What do we need now? And they would say, hopefully, we need support again to keep the, the play moving. All right. So I'm just going to go back to the... So I understand the support piece. Yeah. Uh, so the player is carrying the ball. They need to pass the ball to a support player. Yes. How yeah. do we help? Uh, so we've got... They understand that they need to pass the ball to support player. How do we help them become better at actually that transfer of the ball from yeah. player A to player B. Right. Can I use some phrases that we use that are not very often used in our coaching? Mm. I would say, go forward, mm. go and help him. Right. It isn't specific. They have to choose how they're going to help. Mm. Look for another one. So the ball carrier, I often call, look for another one. Now, you interpret that as you will. They, they understand it's I'm looking for support. And by doing that, the players slowly begin to understand these key principles that they need to try and beat people by footwork or whatever way they decide. And the players without the ball have to react to the ball carrier. And this second ball is useful because we create another good situation for them. So they don't have to run at a defence that is very close to them. They have an advantage maybe of numbers or speed. And uh, the first lesson is, you know, is quite challenging for them. 
Yeah, so right, so we got we've got this lesson now. Um obviously there is a French angle to this. Yeah. And um we will uh, perhaps uh, talk about um where, where that comes from in a moment. But uh, for instance, in the in uh, one of the games during the Six Nations, Anton Dupont uh, passed a ball with probably about 30, 40 metres to a player yeah. who is yeah. in a lot of space. Yeah. So that's an enormous amount of skill that he has got to do that. Now, we're not expecting every player to be able to do that. How do we give them the opportunities to be able to use that? They've recognised uh, that they need to be have that help. Mm-hmm. The players be in the right place. Now yeah. we've got to move that ball from one player to another. How are yeah. we going to do that? It is through the gameplay. Uh, and of course, there are different levels of A skill and uh, speed. The courses that they run in France, you know, I've been over there now for 24 years. It's the same principles on which they work. If I want, if the player wants to make that choice, it's not right or wrong. So we just say to them, when we have a stoppage through uh, knock-on, you might ask the player, what was the reason you passed over or that way? Or I think I saw him, he was in a good position. So the answers they give are not right or wrong. It's for us to understand at what level of understanding they are. Because Vilpra introduced rugby to Tahiti and he introduced it with the gameplay. And, and halfway through, he decided to do some structured work with them. Immediately, they, they, they didn't understand what was going on. They found it was too restrictive. And through the gameplay, they were accumulating understanding and then small practices that were relevant to what they wanted to do. So right, okay, so to... Let, can I just go to the small practices bit? Because I think what happened yeah. is coaches are listening in and they say, I, great, this gameplay, this helps yeah. the players understand. Yes, but we're going to go off and do some small practices to do what? what are the, what's happening in these small practices? They have to be relevant to what problems they're having in the game. It may okay. be two versus one on a, on a channel, mm-hmm. uh, a narrow channel, where they have to move the defender with the deep support. So then they begin to see, the coach says, what are you going to do to the defender if you want to create space? Oh, we have to move him. And right. what about the player coming from behind? He has to go at speed to be able to go past. And then after that, there's another defender. So how are you going to ensure that you don't get tackled? And then they move into a wide space with the defense now moving across against them. So they're playing line against line. So they begin to accumulate the, the, the things that happen in the game. So we're now, I'm now thinking about the balance in a, in a training session. Now, obviously, uh, it very much depends on the age group. But yes. would you would start the session with a game. Yes. And then how long before you would say, right, either we're going to change the game or we're going to move into a different part of the session? You, you mentioned some of the problems. Well, the coach would need to look, what is the problem? Are they passing too late? Or are they uh, not moving players? So I'd look at a practice that would help them to understand that part of the game and then go back to the game. And that would be a continuous cycle to look at various practices. For example, ball in contact. How does the support react? Well, we would have a practice where the support would arrive immediately on seeing the ball carrier in contact. 
So Sorry. as a as a coach, then your your plan for the session. Yes. What does that look like? Because at the moment, it sounds like we start with a game and then that's the end of the plan because... It yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, I would have a theme for the game. It may right. be support of the ball carrier. And I would I would uh, have the group and uh, ask them questions and sh- show an example. I said, and I might say, go, go and you you three beat those two. And, and almost certainly they'll, they'll make mistakes. And I'll ask the, the other players... What do you think the ball carrier would be able to do to make space for the next player to be able to penetrate or have an overlap? So they have to respond. And I ask them questions, as I might say to them, look at this practice and tell me what you think is effective. Now, what happens if they, some players will um, you'll have some expertise and come up yeah. with the answers? What happens if they're, if they're struggling to come up with the answers? Uh, I don't worry if they don't, they don't say anything. I know that they don't know. So right. our job, it may be, as I say to Tom, Tom, go and have a few words and uh, with this player here. So we involve the players. That's important. Mm. Otherwise, they're just listening to my voice. And I don't want that to happen. I want them to be part of the learning process. Right. And we, we have this at Kingham Hill. Uh, they're at all levels. And some are still at that level when we finish. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's I think it's important to note that uh, we we think we have the magic bullet for every single player, yeah. but not every player is is able to or in a situation to respond. Now, yeah. wh- where's the French angle coming? So you you mentioned Vilpra, um a moment ago. So where's where's the French? side of things come into this to make it um to come up with the pleasure of movement but all the, the uh, pleasure a, to movement if i said question. that completely wrong i think <laughs> well i was at um don rutherford you may have remembered who was the head of the rfu invited veal to, to england to uh do a series of coaching sessions and i went up to marlow to watch one and what i saw was something like i did when i was a kid it never stopped this movement this team play and I said to Pierre, can I come to see more? And he said, yes, you come to Toulouse. So I had a grant from the EU and I went over there for free. And they had a team that included 12 of the French team. I've never seen such a great coaching session. Firstly, they went on the field and without the coaches and played very slowly because Pierre wanted them to find space. If they went through, they had to get support. And it was a cooperative training session. But it... I really began to understand it, what was happening. So, sorry, going back, they played it very slowly. What, what, why? How did that look? What, what, I asked him why they're playing slowly. He said, I want them to, to get the feeling of how they can move a defender. The defence was cooperating in that they wouldn't grab it or they were allowing them a little bit of space. It's like you said about the learners who are having problems. And they've done this so often. Pierre, I said, you, you and uh, Skrela are on the side. I said, we don't know. They understand what they have to do. So these are adult players. And it impressed me so much that they could do this. And they must have only dropped the ball two or three times in 15 minutes. Now that was these players understanding the game. So, so this is interesting. And so coaches here, I've got to say, sometimes let us slow. We'll play a game, but we're going to play yeah. it at a, at a different pace. So they get a, uh, they have a more chance to think about what they're doing, and then right. we will speed it up as as we yeah. as we go yeah. along. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, they, um, why, is, why is it called the pleasure of movement? The plaisir de movement is, I think, the philosophy of his lecture at university, who was around the time of Carolyn James, and, uh, and these were the pioneers of coaching. And he believed it was through gameplay that people understood the game rather than bits and pieces and exercises. And he influenced Pierre so much that it, he said, this is what I want to do when I, well, when I play as well. So now, as, as a coach, we, we are saying that this is for the whole game or for just parts of the game? Because there are things like set pieces and kickoffs and things like that. Where, where does that fit into this uh, puzzle? Well, I think the priority is the game play. The game in movement, as we've seen with England, they are struggling because they come from different clubs with different uh, philosophies. Whereas France, the French management, which uh, includes Gaultier and uh, who's the manager? Um, he played, and uh, the captain, they played under Villepreux. And so they understood that this was a way we could go, but the French decided to go the brutal way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lose players instead. And that's what I think is the key, is that you have to believe in this way of playing. Scrum, line out, of course, that's there. But we have so many coaches in the game today, the players must be overwhelmed. So your, your, your message really is that uh, we've got to keep things simple. We need yeah. to start slowly and uh, we need to understand the principles of what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. So yeah. if you had to sort of embody um, two or three principles, if you were... If you had um, some players to come in now, what would you hope they would say to you if you had to say, this is what the game's about? Well, I think well, the players in school 15, they understand, because we often use them in, to ask them to uh, take a small group and do a warm-up of some of the things that we've shown them, because I want them to be part of the whole learning system, uh, because if they're not, they become detached and I don't think it's the best way of coaching, the best way of learning. So, so they, they're going to come in and uh, you're, they're going to come up and you're going to say, so guys, we're just about to go off and see some youngsters. Give me two things that you'd really love them to come away with. What would, yeah. what would that be? Well, you, you, um, involved, being you? thrown under the bus by Lynn, so I'm Tom, I'm his assistant coach. The, every time, whether it's a set piece or whether it's watching a game in motion, you can ask them, was there go forward? So whether in the scrum, it's a success if we go forward, whether in the lineup, whether we cross the game line, you can draw it down to those basic principles. And from there, you can ask them, why? Why did that happen? And every time, if they know that it's two simple things that they're looking for, it enables them access into it and then to have a wider conversation. But it also allows us then to draw out terms that they use. So our current team, they broke the decision-making into move the man or move the ball. And they made it that simple. So every time they asked individually to each other, should you have moved the man or should you have moved the ball? And they're starting, they take what we've said, but they personalize it and they make things that they can draw from and things that they can ask. And it's interesting that it's a, because we're asking them and they're, they're involved, they start to create understanding of their own. And from there, we get much more complexity. Okay, so just a one, one final question on, on this then is, it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. Let's say um, you're coming in with a, a new group, a new group in school, uh, not uh, just arriving in their first year. 
Yeah. How long before they get a sense of what's going on before? They, I mean, it's not going to happen. You're not going to press a magic button. It's going to change. No, no. I, we, we, I said to Tom, I need to go down to work with the very young ones because the sooner they begin, the more understanding of the game they have. They haven't had a, a, a whole feast of structured coaching and it's much easier to teach. And the way often we do it is to group them differently and maybe in a bunch in defense there. The attack might have a long group of players, so they don't start line against line, which is the uh, the accepted way. It's not rugby; isn't shouldn't be played like that. So we disorganize the shape so that they will arrive in the shape that is more effective. Does that make sense? No, that makes sense. And then we'll we'll finish there because obviously we could. Uh, there's. Uh, lots to dig into. So Lynn is a former teacher. Well, he's still in in teaching. Uh, he was an RFU staff coach and head coach of Oxford University for many successful years. And uh, as coach at clubs like Chinna in 2021, he was awarded the RFU's Value of the Volunteer Outstanding Contribution Award. His philosophy is always looking to develop and progress my knowledge of the game concepts, involve players more in the learning, help mentor other coaches, use courses to spread the LPM methods, enjoy what I do, and as we've just heard, get Tom Phillips to manage me. So thank you, Tom, for for jumping in uh, and just saying what what happens in your experience at the school. So you can contact him on lynnevans47 at gmail.com. So Lynn is spelled L-Y-N-N, Evans47 at gmail.com. You can go over onto Instagram to see lpm.rugby.uk. And they're running one of their courses on the 20th to 25th. There'll be a link in the blurb, but um, le pleasure de mouvement. De uh, they were so apologies for my French. And of course, you can read Lynn's fantastic book, A Valley Boy to Table Mountain, which is available on Amazon. And I have read and it's a good read, too. So some questions to finish with. And this is going to be my favourite question. Lynn, how old are you? Uh, chronologically 84, but about... 20 in my uh, mind. All right. <laughs> right. Good. Good answer, given what the last question is going to be. So what coaching book is by your bedside or what book's by your bedside? Well, it's called One Thing at a Time by Dr. Michael Mosley, and it's about lifestyle. So I think i got to look after myself and see if I can do a couple more years. <laughs> <laughs> so which coach or teacher are you loving at the moment? Well, there are two, really. I, Graham Potter of Chelsea, who I think is responded remarkably well to the challenges. And he's a coach who didn't have an international cap. So it just shows you that it's possible. And there's a young teacher here called Alfie Jukes. He's a wonderful young man, and he could be a top referee as well as being a really good coach. Which team or sport or subject would you love to coach at the moment? I'm sorry I'm a bit boring, but it's football. I couldn't get into the rugby team at St. Luke's. But they were short one week and I got into the football team and uh, I, they, they kept me in the team. So I think I'd like to coach that. All right, OK. Who's inspired you most? Well, there were two coaches, Chalky White, who was brilliant on detail and uh, understanding strategy. And he really looked after me. And Pierre opened a new world to me in, in rugby. And I just hope that more people can follow that. Certainly England have got to go down there somewhere. 
Well, in Wales too, we haven't had a Welsh coach for the national team for I don't know how long. I'm going to apply for the next one. <laughs> what would you tell your 20-year-old self to do more of? To keep sharing knowledge. I always find that people who share, I learn, still learn from other people. And anybody who wants to listen, I think we should do it as part of our normal development. Well, Liam, thanks very much for sharing your knowledge. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. And thank you, Tom, as well. <laughs> I kept him in line. <laughs> <laughs>